to the Willie Morgan show with Manchester United icon Willie Morgan and myself Cal McFadden as your host. So much to discuss, there's been a hectic few weeks in football from talk of a European Super League to protests against owners up and down the country and and of course the football itself. Before we get into that Willie, how are you? How's your how's your last few weeks been? Uh, well, I've been in mourning since McFadden beat me at golf as you know, he's got the bragging rights and we've not had a chance to uh, play again so until I get my bragging rights back it's a little bit you know I'm a little bit down not really I'm just kidding no it's been great the weather's been fantastic down the only problem I've had the listeners I know you obviously the people on YouTube be able to see I've got sunburn <laughs> you know I put sun lotion on all the time and I didn't I went out and it was boy and I've got blisters and and it, my face is off. You can see what it's like. I got sunburnt. Idiot. Um, but other than that, no, the, the weather's been great here. And we've enjoyed it. Uh, I've been golfing, obviously. Playing a lot of golf with my grandson, my son-in-law, Tim. And, and Goods. Goods have made my, my great pal. So it's been, it's been nice, yeah. Can't grumble. Other, other than not winning at Leeds. It should have been Leeds, and that would have opened. I'm telling you, that would have opened up the 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 league. City are not there. They're on the brink at the moment. You know, they lose very easily. They're not. They're not playing great. And uh, if we had won at Leeds, it would have made a big, big difference. Anyway, we didn't. So. Well, you're, you're right, it would have made a big difference. And before the game, Holly Gunnar Solskjaer, he, he jinxed it. He said, um, I can guarantee you this game won't be 0-0. There's two sides that like to attack, and lo and behold, it was 0-0. What did you make of the game? It was it was quite dull, to be honest. Uh, dull? I think you've been kind. <laughs> it was absolutely minging. Dreadful. But, you know, it, it's no different. We've said all year. We've not got a we've not got a team, but neither has anybody else, including City. City are not great by any standards. Um, like Chelsea proved that there, and uh, and Leeds, uh, you know, they're just not that. They just you know slightly better than everybody else, and um, it's that little difference. And he's a great manager, you know. I like Pep. I think he's a fantastic manager. Um, so, but I, you know, if we'd have beat Leeds, eight points, it's nothing. Believe me, it's nothing. And they're in, they've got an away game coming up, we'll be at home. And if that went now, honestly, I could have seen us win the league. Not now, it, it's gone now. But, uh, but he's still, at the end of the day, no matter what you think, he's going to finish second. It's fantastic. He's done great, the lad. He's done great with a, you know, a lot of garbage, apart from a few players who are, are good and some very good. But the rest of them, and he's done fantastic. You got, you got to you know, give him credit and keep off his back and let him get on with it. One of the things that quite a lot of people were talking about at the weekend was 
obviously it's a shame not to have fans in any game. Of course it is, but Elland Road's one of those old school football grounds. United and Leeds have a big rivalry. It'd been great to have fans in. What are your memories of playing at Elland Road and against Leeds throughout the years? Playing at Elland Road. Well, playing against Leeds, I mean, the biggest rivalry wasn't United, it was Burnley. They hated each other. The two chairmen hated each other. I mean, with a vengeance. <laughs> and uh, when we, we played Leeds, I think I've said many times, the number of times the game was stopped by the referee and said, any more of this and I'll abandon the game. We just kicking lumps out of each other. I mean, that's all. we didn't like each other. That's simple. And then when I went to my new, I thought, well, it'll be a bit easier. <laughs> no, <laughs> they hated my new just as much. The the Leeds fans were horrible. They were horrible. They were, just, you know. But they Leeds were a good team. John Revy was a, was a great manager, and they were a good team. But they resorted to they were hor- they were vicious. They started. I've told you this before on the, on the show. In fact, it was one of our own men, Bobby Collins, that started the over the top in English football. There was no such thing as putting your studs there, you know, and letting, getting somebody's shins. Um, and they started it. And then Bobby started it. And then Billy and Jowsey. And the only one that did, you know, the one that got the, the bad name, Norman Hunter. Norman didn't go over the top. You know, he was an old style. He, he, he would try to kick you into the stand, which was old style, but the over the top was nasty because they always got there just after you were kicking the ball with the studs and it ripped you, used to rip your legs wide open. Someone like me, because I didn't wear shin pads. Um, never won shin pads at all in my whole career. So I relied on skipping over them and getting around them and whatever. Um, but the the rivalry was it, it never goes away. No matter who's in charge, who owns the club, it never goes away. Uh, but we should have beat them. We should. I mean, we should have gone there and just. I'm sure he tried to attack. It's the one thing about. Uh, Solskjaer, he does try to attack with whatever he's got available. They're just, they're not that good. They're not good enough. It's really that simple. But I still think he's done a great job. And he just leave him alone, let him get on with it. He's obviously got to get rid and then bring in new people who I don't know, Callum, I I don't know. I don't see enough football of, of other teams to say, oh, buy him or buy him or buy him. Um, I would certainly buy the little guy from Liverpool, the, the little Egyptian. Salah. Oh, I would buy him, yeah. I like him. I think he's a very, very good player um, and a very bad team. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other than that, it, it's... For, <sighs> It's hard. It's been hard, you know, to play. I I couldn't envisage playing without fans. It, it, you can't get through your brain. You know, we played. We had sixty-three and a half thousand at every game, uh, and to go over and no fans, it must be, yeah, obviously, not soul destroying because you're still playing for your club and you're still. 
you know, you're, you're still paying for the fans, even though they're not there. But it must be more difficult uh, without the fans. And hopefully it'll open up again. Hopefully by next season, it'll be back to normal. And uh, see what we can do next year. One of the things you, you mentioned um, when you talked about Burnley and Leeds was the fact that the two chairmen hated each other. In your yeah. career, did any of the chairmen that you had ever come into the dressing room before or after a match? The, the only time it ever happened, it's quite, it's quite uh, funny. Louis Edwards never came to the dressing room. Um, Bob Lord never came to the dressing room. Bob Lord never spoke to you anyway. <laughs> never went to the dressing room or wherever you were. You met him in a brothel, he wouldn't speak to you. So, yeah, <laughs> he, he was disgusting. He was a horrible man. Um, Louis, yeah, big bunker, but he didn't, he didn't come into the dressing room until when Frankie Farrell got the job, and it's the only time it ever happened. When Frank got the job, he, we were playing at Stoke, if I, remember, if I remember correctly, we were at Stoke. And we'd gone down, for some reason, Louis came down to the dressing room. He said, I just want to wish you all the best. And Bobby, Bobby Charlton, Bobby, where's Bobby? Bobby, I want to wish you all the Frank had dropped Bobby. Bobby wasn't playing. And we were all, the silence was deafening. <laughs> and then Frank said, oh, Mr. Chairman, good, uh, quiet word, quiet word. Uh, Bobby's not playing today. Oh, 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 you know. That was the only time he ever came in. Um, never saw him again. But no, the chairman didn't get involved. Wasn't like that. Wasn't like that. So, and even, even you know, Matt, Matt would just come in and say, yeah, Tottenham got not a bad team. Yeah, you're better than them. Go out, enjoy it, beat them. And that was it. You know, there was no tactics. There, there was nothing. It, it was really simple. The manager picked the best team and just expected you to go out and do your job. It really was that simple. And he, their reasoning was, the reason that you are in the team is because you're the best player in that position at this club. I don't know. If I have to tell you how to play, you wouldn't be here. That's a coach. Callum, don't get me started on coaches again. A coach tells the player how to play. Why would you buy a player if you have to tell them how to play? Uh, I, I, I diverse again. Later in the show, we've got a question all, all, all about that, so I, I await your response. Um, the, the, the other big talking point, aside from, from United versus Leeds and, and, and the other big stories in terms of things on the park was the UEFA, uh, well, say UEFA, the European Super League, which would have taken the power away from UEFA uh, and given it to 12 clubs, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Juventus, Inter Milan and AC Milan. Those 12 clubs would have created their own competition. All the money from the competition would have went to them and certain other clubs could only play in it by invite only. What was your response when you heard about that idea, given your history of playing football in Europe for many years? Diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. I don't know who suggested it in the first place. Who was the first guy? I assume it'd be an American, one of the American owners, because that's the way they play American football. You know, there's no promotion, no relegation. 
they just play the same same teams every year. Um, it's disgusting. It's disgusting, not just to the fans of the clubs. What do they expect them, the fans to do? They would have doubled the price to, of admission. That's what they would have done, number one. And what about all the other clubs? You know, and I'm sure it's been said since this happened that I've not read a lot. It's a working man's game. It was started by working class people. Keep it that way. Now, you've got all these greedy Yanks running, owning the clubs, and mainly Yanks. Uh, you do have other ones as well, but it's, it's disgusting. Stay in America, get a life. And I agree, I, you know, uh, yes, you want to make money for the club, but you make money doing what you're doing. They've made a fortune out of Manchester United, these people, and they're faceless. I saw a picture of one of them, it was Avram. What a dummy he looks like. A good job he's in America. He's a dummy. And apparently he was going to be the head of this new thing. You know, the, the whole idea was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And an insult to the other clubs, by the way. A complete insult to all the other clubs. And I'm glad it's not happened. And neither should it. It'll never happen. Never happen. Uh, and neither should it. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Italy and Spain now. And I know that people calling for the clubs to be fined or this done or that done. I don't know how you do that, but they certainly need punishing for the fact that they, they, they put the, you know, they put the fingers in the pie. They wanted to do it. So right now saying, oh, we don't, oh, they wanted to do it. All six clubs wanted to do it from here. Um, so yeah, they should be punished, including our club. You know, I, I you know, they should be, because I think it's a disgrace to even, well, whatever. They, they, whoever suggested it in the first place, I'd like to get them in a dark room. Even in my age, believe me, there only be only be me come out. So, no, just horrible. It's horrible. On a, on a happier note, in terms of European football, what are your memories of playing against other European teams in your career? What was it like going up against maybe different styles of teams? But we, there was no different style. You know, it was really there was no different style because every team had a manager. Every team had two wingers, centre forward, two inside forwards, two halfback. Every team was the same. It just which ones were the best. It really came down to that. There was no tactics. It's, you know, when we went to play in European Cup, as it was then, which was a proper European Cup, because it was the champions of each country, not 50 teams from each country, and then playing 4,000 matches to make more money. It was the champions and the best team would win in Europe. They were the European champions. They were proper champions. Um, but we all, they all played the same. You know, the, the, the only difference was the Italians were dirty compared to dirty in the sense, you know, that they'd be nipping you and they'd be spitting at you when the referee's not looking. And, oh, they were 
horrible. And don't forget, back in those days, it was nearly all Italians that played in the Italian team, same with the Spanish teams, nearly all Italians. You got one or two, but not many. Uh, but you just, but we just took every game as it came. You know, Matt would just say, yeah, uh, you played AC Milan, they're not a bad team, you know. <laughs> just go out, enjoy yourself, um, do your best. It, it was, there was no tact, there was no different tactics. Nothing. There's no defense. You know, saying let's play defensive. You couldn't. You don't know how to. You just went out and tried to attack, and and say so most teams were the same. Even the foreign teams were the same. So, you know, I look back at the old great Real Madrid team, the one that came to Scotland and won the European Cup, beat the Germans, if I remember, at Hamden. They were phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Played great football. I think it was 7-3, it was a yeah. phenomenal game. Um, and watching them, Puskas, uh, De Stefano, Del Sol, Hento on the left wing, little left winger, he was a super little player. Um, they were just fabulous to watch. But they played just the same as we, you, you know, they were no different to the British players, the great British players at the time. So football was it. I say it was a working, a working man's game. It was, that's what it was. And it no longer, it's no longer a working man's game. It's uh, these, these, these owners now, it's a commodity. They're in it to make money and they don't care. But then again, neither do the players anymore. You know, as we spoke, spoke about the last time, agents, they're just there for money. And when you watch a player do it, oh, kissing the badge, oh yeah, right. And three weeks later, somebody's offered him more money and he's kissing another badge. Get out of here. The only people, the people who come through the ranks, people like David Beckham and Paul Scholes and, you know, yeah, they can kiss the badge because they've come through the ranks. Uh, but not the people that buy, you know, Ronaldo, or not Ronaldo, who you call him, Pogba, Matic, it's a badge. Anyway, we diverse again. <laughs> all you listeners, you know, this is Callum setting me up all the time. But it's a different game. The owners are different, but the players are different. The players play for money. We didn't play for money. We played because we loved the game. And if we hadn't have been playing football, we've been digging coal. It really is that simple. So it was, it was, Jesus, get paid to play football was, this is amazing. And uh, no longer like that. I mean, they're looking for contracts when they're four year old now, five year old <laughs> and getting them. That's how ludicrous the game is. So just on the money side of it, um, Simon Jordan, former Crystal Palace owner, he's, he's on talk sport quite a lot. And he he basically has said that the way you, the, the only way really forward to try and fix football from a money standpoint is to to put a salary cap in. I mean, he referenced recently Kevin De Bruyne, a great player, a very good player at Manchester City. He's just signed a new contract worth four hundred thousand pounds a week. And Simon Jordan's um answer is 
if you pay players £400,000 a week, you aren't going to get owners who care about football clubs. You're just going to get money men who can afford to pay that and make their mind. Do you think there should be a salary cap because the money's so extreme now? Uh, I think it should be. Well, uh, should it should be a salary cap. Yes, yes and no. Um, yes and no. You know, it's like saying, um, if, I, if I buy Matic and I buy Messi, give them the same wages, not in a million years, obviously. So if there's a cap and you say, well, you know, he's coming to that price, he's coming to that price, they have to get the same wages. So I don't think a cap is, I think there should be, I mean, as far as De Bruyne is concerned, he's all right, he's nothing great. I think, I don't think he's, I think he's a good player, nothing more, nothing more. But good luck to him. You know, it's not his fault. Good luck to him. If he can get somebody to pay him that with the talent that, he, that he's got, which I think is pretty, yeah, average, good luck to him. Nothing wrong, but you, you know, you can't blame the players for, for asking for, for the money. It's not that the transfer fees are crazy. It's absolutely unbelievable what, what they're paying for players. It's crazy. Um, so the, game, the game's gone mad. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with clubs making money, but don't stand on the other clubs to make it. And that's what they were doing. You know, all these other clubs have been around as long as United and Tottenham and Liverpool. They're the ones that were Chelsea. And it was wrong to do that to the other clubs, I, I think. So making money, no, why not? Of course, that's right? nothing wrong with making money. But the Yanks, the Yanks, are, they, they don't care about Man United supporters. They just care about how much money they can get from them. They really don't care. Uh, not just the Yikes. I, I mean, I, I really don't know much about the uh, all the other owners. I think there's three of them or four of them that are owned by Americans. Yeah, Arsenal, uh, Manchester United and Liverpool. Three of them. Uh, then you, the Arabs, of course, own City. Uh, Chelsea, obviously, Russian. So... I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I really don't. But I don't think it will ever, ever happen. Not in my lifetime, anyway. I don't think it'll ever happen. It'd be ludicrous uh, for it to happen. You know. Another friend of the show, we could call him that <laughs> very loosely. Uh, Josie Mourinho lost his job recently at Tottenham. Were you surprised at all that Tottenham decided to get rid? <laughs> well, what did we say at the beginning of the season? Right, he'll have the team playing behind the goals because he has no idea how to play attacking football. Everywhere he's been, he's destroyed any notion of attacking football. He won the league with Chelsea. I'll tell you what, they were the worst team to watch on the planet. They were dreadful. Um, he doesn't know how to attack. It's not in his nature. And you, you know, I said, it, it, I mean, <laughs> I told you there was nothing to do nothing with him. 
Um, I didn't think he'd get the sack in the first season or second season, whatever he's in. But no, he's a nonsense. Mourinho's a nonsense. You know, he talks a great game. He doesn't do nothing. I feel sorry for Harry Kane. Can you imagine how many goals Harry Kane would score in a good team? Just on Kane, uh, we'll stay on Kane. Uh, they've obviously lost the, the League Cup final. They lost the Champions League final. They mm-hmm. don't look as if they're going to qualify for the Champions League. He's got three years left in his contract. Is there anything... Is there anything that Tottenham can say to Harry Kane to convince him to stay now, or do you think he simply has to move on? I don't think he has. I don't think he has to move on. It depends how much he loves uh, Spurs. You know, they've got this young lad who's taken over. I don't know. If they'll give him the job full time at the end of the season. I, don't, I obviously don't know. I presume they'll be looking for somebody else to to come in. It it's how happy you know. If you're content and your family's content, they're settled, does he want to move somewhere else? You know, uproot your family, take your kids out of schools, put them in the new schools. It's not just about, it's not just about winning and it's not just about money to, to a lot of players. A lot of players it is, they'll move anywhere uh, just for a little bit more money. I don't know, I don't know Harry Kane, never met a lad, I think he's a good player. I'd love it. I wish we had him, I'll tell you now. Um, I'm not sure. I think it is. Who's he going to join? You know, if you said to him <clears throat> after last season, Liverpool won the league, right? And they, Liverpool told you, or the players were telling you, we're going to be the greatest team in the history of football. <laughs> right. Now, if you were Harry Kane, and you think, well, I want to move. I'm going to join Liverpool because they're going to win everything. He'd have been gutted, wouldn't he? So you don't know. It's all right saying you can go where. There is no guarantee. There is no guarantee. You can go to Scotland and toss up between Rangers and Celtic. We probably pick Rangers at the moment, but well, maybe not after last week. But. Um, uh, I don't know. It's you have to think about your family as well. I mean, he's done great at Spurs. He's a legend there already, and, and rightly so. Maybe just happy to stay there and then go into management when he's finished, maybe take over as manager. So I, I don't know what he's I, I think but to say I'll move to win things, there is no guarantee to win things wherever you go. There's no guarantee. So, I don't know. Where do you think he would go, Callum? The favourites, the the bookies' favourites at the moment are Manchester United, and if United signed him, do you think they would win the league with him up front next season? No, not in a million years. You must be joking. Yeah, I would, if they get rid of... uh, I can't name them all again. I mean, I've got a list as long... (laughs) Take me... Take another programme to name them, who he's got to get rid of. No, we're not good enough. We are not good enough. Would he help? Yes, of course. We, but it's all right ha- having Harry Kane up front if he's playing up front, or will he revert to playing like Martial, Rashford, dropping back, going wide, doing things? 
I want Harry Kane in the box, and I want people to provide him with ammunition, whoever that may be. Would he get it United? I don't think so. I don't think so. Would I like him? Yeah, of course. Because he scores goals. He scored, he scored in goals in an average team. You like to think in a slightly better team, he scored even more. You'd think. But would it make us win the league? I wouldn't say we won't win the league. I mean, to finish second this year with what we've got is unbelievable. There's nothing to beat. It's not like you're going to have to climb a mountain and beat the great Barcelona team or the great AC Milan team or the great anything. There's nothing to beat. So, do I think we could win the league yet? Yeah, I think we could win the league. Just like Liverpool won it last year. If you get the breaks and you get the luck and you get all the VAR decisions go for you. Uh, um, uh, anyone, all you have to do is look at Leicester. They're up there. They're up there. So anyone could win the league. They really could. I know at the beginning of the season, I think we said that, well, I thought City would win the league this year. Uh, I didn't think so halfway through the season, though, Callum. <laughs> and when Spurs were at the top, I was really had me back to the wall a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but it's all worked out in the end. Uh, so I, I don't know what I don't know what the answer is, as I said. But if someone said to me, "Do you want Ollie to buy Harry Kane?" Yes, in a heartbeat. Get him, bring him here, and then get rid of the other ones and bring in people that will play and provide ammunition for Harry Kane. So. Leads us perfectly on to listeners' questions. Now, the first question is something that I can understand why many former footballers or, or current footballers don't want to talk about. But on this show, you're always very honest and you never, ever shirk a question. And, and I'm sure you won't with this one. Um, MUFC yesteryear's very popular account on Twitter. If, if you, you like Manchester United history, go and follow them. Uh, they want to know, uh, Willie, what are your thoughts on the fans protesting against the Glazers and should the Glazers move on from Manchester United now? Um, I agree with the fans. I think what they've tried to do, as I said earlier in the programme, is absolutely horrendous. Horrendous. But they have no idea about football or soccer, as they, they call it over there. They have no idea of the tradition and where it started. You know, they're just money people. They have no interest in the club and in the background and what it means to people. They don't care. They really don't care. But then again, who would buy it? You know, one of the... I, <laughs> and I know it sounds crazy. I think every football club should be owned by the fans. That the fans buy it. There's enough. There's enough, I tell you, that the fans buy it. Uh, and then you've got the pro you've got people who care about the club. Um, and I know there's some, I can't remember where it was, but the clubs used to be owned by the fans. I don't know if it was in Scotland or there was somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but I, I agree with the protesters. I, in fact, 
If I'd have known they were going, I'd have gone down and joined them. I think the, uh, the Glazers are just money people. That's all it is. And, you know, it's not their fault, by the way. They're just money people. And uh, do I think they should go? Yes, I do. But I think the club should be bought by the fans and not another hedge fund or conglomeration from Abu Dhabi or Jimmy Bibby, wherever they come from. Um, that's what I think. It would be someone who has an interest in, in just talking about Manchester United or any club for that matter. Someone with an interest in the club and not just making money. So, yes, I, I, I think they should go. Uh, I wish I'd have been with the protesters. The, the next question coming in, it's, I suppose we've kind of answered this in relation to Harry Kane, but I'll, I'll ask it again. It's from Anurag Singh, um, who gets in touch to ask, um, should Manchester United buy a striker this summer or should they let Mason Greenwood have a season at being United's number nine to see if he can take over that mantle? Uh, no, I'd buy Harry Kane tomorrow. But before Harry Kane, I'd buy Lionel Messi. <laughs> can we get in touch with Messi again and <laughs> see if he wants to come? Um, uh, but I like Greenwood. But he's a young lad. He's got great potential. Um, but no matter who plays up front for Manchester United, You've still, you need wingers. Or one winger, if we could even get one winger, who will provide the balls into the box for the, for the strikers. So, yeah, I think Greenwood, you know, lots of potential. I've not seen enough of them to say, is he an out-and-out centre-forward or is he a front player who will, you know, flirt from right to left and obviously get in the box occasionally. What, what I would like is an old-fashioned centre-forward. I'd like a Dennis Law or an Andy Lockhead, somebody who plays up front in the box and they will score your goals. So, yes, I, I, I think we should buy someone, um, but I would like to get a good winger. That's what I'd like. If one, I, I don't know. Callum probably knows more than me. And he, if there's a winger anywhere, um, hopefully there will be someday. And he won't become Man United. In terms of the wingers, obviously, Jaden Sancho, who uh, is it, Borussia Dortmund, he's been linked uh, time after time. And whether a deal can be done there, I don't quite know. I think the rumours are Dortmund want around £86 million, which <laughs> whether United are, are willing to invest that, I don't know. And just on that idea of investment and buying players that like we're talking about, Martin Johnson's question um, at Fred705 on Twitter is, is a very good one. Um, after the fans protested, do you think the owners will back Solskjaer? Or do you think they will keep their, their money in their pockets as they're not wanted anymore? Oh, Martin. Uh, I, you know, in, in fairness, in fairness to the Glazers, you know, how much money do you think Manchester United have spent on players? Nearly a billion pounds. So you since Ferguson, say, I think it is a billion, yep. Since Ferguson, it's been a billion pounds. It's... Uh, so they've provided, you know, they've provided money. You can't say they haven't uh, provided money because they, they wouldn't know a player if he fell on them. You know, you have to appreciate the Glazers have no idea 
about a football, about football or a footballer. Um, so they rely on the manager, I presume, or whoever. I, I mean, I don't know what they are. They've got so many bloody different titles these days. Uh, whoever looks at the players, they've provided the money. You, I, you know, I kind of knock them for that. Billion pound? You see what we've got. It's heartbreak. It must be heartbreaking for them because that billion pounds is probably worth about 100 grand now. <laughs> if you want to resell them, really? 90 million, Harry Maguire? Get a life. So you're talking about this uh, San Sancho or whatever he's called. 89 million. 90 for Harry Maguire? Hmm. I'd buy Stevie Wonder for that. So at least it, it would be entertaining. No, he'd be better. Never mind entertaining, he'd be, he'd be a better player. So um, you can't knock the Glazers uh, or Woodward. I know he just resigned. You know, they, they slagged them. Uh, they're not. The money was there. They gave him the money. It had been badly spent by a succession of managers who bought dreadful. They've bought dreadful players. You know, the best players are the ones that come up through the system. Greenwood, Rashford, the best players we've got. So the ones we've bought in the main have been absolutely dreadful. So you can't, you can't knock them, Martin, for, you can't knock the Glazers. The money, they, they've let the money be there for people to buy what they thought were, thought were good players or what manager. Um, and it's just not worked. Just, we've just not got the quality. Uh, we've certainly not got the, uh, the talent of player for the money we've paid. And you know, the, the other thing that I'm sure they know that as well, whatever the players were, Manchester, when Manchester United come in, they'll double it. You know, if you've got a players that are about 50 million, Manchester United come in, they're 100 million. It is hard because as soon as they come in, you see the money signs and they, they put the price up. So it's not as easy. I mean, I don't think the Glazers should be on Manchester United because they, they have no tradition. They know nothing about the tradition of, of the club. But you cannot knock them and say, well, they've kept all the money. No, they haven't. They've let, they've let managers buy. So I can't knock them for that. I'd like to, but I can't. So. Last two questions that we've got. Um, we're going to go to uh, Matt Rush, who gets in touch on Twitter again. If you're on Twitter, follow Matt. He's, he's a big Manchester United fan, big fan of the show as well. Um, Eric Bailly has just been given a new contract, Willie. He um, has been out injured for most of his time at Manchester United. Many people thought the club would move him on this summer, but he's been given a new four-year contract. Do you think it's a sensible decision? Asks Matt. Has he got the same agent as Ollie? He must have, because just, it's a mystery. It's like the OJ Simpson case. It's a, it's a mystery. Why? But again, good luck to the lad. Good luck to him. If he could get that, it's amazing. I mean, even when he is fit. Mm, uh, mm. He's average. It, 
and I'm being kind. A new four-year contract, I bet he broke their arm off. See, it never left the room till they put the contract down. I don't know who his agent is, but I want him when I come back in the next life. Oh my God. Oh, uh, no, I, uh, I think it's, it's diabolical. I think it's crazy, but that's only me. But nothing like, good luck to the lad. Good luck to him. The last question. Um, thank you to Tony Creasy for this. He's on uh, Twitter at Lunar Base. And uh, Tony, I don't know if you're listening to the show maybe for the first time or the first couple of times, but um, I think you're about to see Mr. Morgan give you a passionate answer here. <laughs> uh, Tony wants to know, uh, can Willie, can you please explain what the common phrase technical ability means and can that be coached? <laughs> He's, honestly, I, I'm honest, that, that is the question from Tony, I promise. I've not made it up, that's his question. Well, you know, my, my thoughts on coaches, they're the biggest no-nos that's ever happened to football. They've crucified football as we knew it, crucified it. And invariably, people who couldn't play themselves it became a coach. Uh, and it's gone right through society. Three, four-year-old kids getting coached, get a life. Technical ability. Uh, we used to have technical drawing at school. It was called technical drawing. We didn't know what it was, by the way, because we were thick. But the, I, I, I listened to the I listened to the commentators. Technically, that was a good throw-in. <laughs> what? Or technically, that was a great corner kick. He's got great technique. Can't play, but he's got great technique. <laughs> Good. It's ludicrous. It's the worst word ever invented in football. Ever. And it's a coach's word. Technically, and you, you'll hear them. Well, he technically is very good. <laughs> what does it mean? It's garbage. Absolute garbage. And Tony, I'm glad you asked that because I've been dying to get it off my chest because Callum wouldn't ask me that before. <laughs> Well, as you say, if any other questions like that, Tony, please, please go on the show and ask. Well, as I say, I don't know if Tony's in his first couple of uh, lessons, but welcome, Tony. I'm sure you'll have plenty more questions in future. And I knew as soon as I could see the question, I thought that would get a good response from, from, from Willie. Yeah, well, it's it just one of those. And I mean, it's been a bore I could do for years. But at first, I've, I've watched a match one on the telly and the commentary said, well, technically, that was a very good throw in. <laughs> what, what does that mean? He threw the ball at his own player, which you do when you take a throw. Technically. Uh, uh, and then, of course, it crept in. And then, then they started coming up, coming up with all these. He's technically very good. His technical ability. And I thought, it must be drawing. He must, he must be able to draw or something, because you can't play football. So, whatever. Now the word is, the word is horrendous. When when it's put towards football, stick to the technical drawing. <laughs> and by the way, the teacher who taught it was a real bum. He was. We hated him. <laughs> well, if he's still if he's still living, then I hope he's not tuned in. <laughs> Yeah, I hope he's dead. 
Just before we go, um, any messages um, before we finish? I mean, you talked earlier about McFadden in the golf. I've got a feeling he's refusing to play you so the bragging rights can go on even longer, week by week. He's a typical Mick, right? He's hanging on those bloody bragging rights. I'll get them back, though. Don't worry. I'll get them back. Actually, you know, his missus is uh, to have a child very soon. Uh, you know, I love him bits. He is a, he's a great lad. And so is she. So, Danny, if you, if you listen to the show, but all goes well. It's only two, three weeks now till the baby comes along. Uh, so, I get that husband of you back in the golf course with me so I can get my bragging rights back. Well, it's been another another action-packed show. It's absolutely flown in. Uh, thank you to everyone who, who listens. And and Tony, if that's your first that's your first question, I think coming into the show, get involved more often. No topic is off limits. Um, Willie will always answer everything and anything. Um, we've had questions before about movies and chocolate bars and steak Diane's. We've had questions about football and Sir Ma and George Best. So whatever your question is get it into the show. But until next time, from Willie and myself, take care. Take care, everyone. Here comes Willie.